NASA. Huzzah. Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and... And I really wish the end of our song actually ended like this. Lachaim! For some reason, because I always that's what I always think he says at the end of the show. He goes, ah, but he doesn't say this. It's tough to get home during quarantine. Bah. But I want him to say, Lachaim! Jason Smith. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Stuck at Home. We're the show. Uh, just with a couple people who love shows um, and want to tell you all about those shows we love and uh, want you to love. Yep, we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, where to stream it. How you doing, buddy? I am good. I'm good, good and I'm crazy. For- I'm a wild man. I know like- you're you're a lunatic. You're you're Will Farrell in uh, in old school. Oh, you're my boy, Blue. <laughs> you're my boy, Patrick Cranshaw. Shout um, out. No, I'm I'm really excited for I'm actually really excited for you today, because the truth <sighs> is out there, Cliff Dorfman. I'm aware of this. I've been aware of this and, for decades. And we've been giving you a hard time, and there's been nobody to cooperate with you. Last week, we were doing, um, we were talking to some people from Discovery Plus. Remember, we we're doing House Hunters. We we're talking to Natasha and yep. Dan and Levy. Levy. And they gave you so much shit for just for fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm used to it, though. I'm used to you it. Know what happened? But you me. know what happened? You know what happened? Tell me what happened. Somebody, somebody heard that and was like, hey, we got the person for you, Cliff Dorfman. Somebody to talk to. Somebody somebody who knows what's going on, and this is going to be an exciting day. Well, by the way, that's why I happily pay my six ninety nine a month to Discovery Plus, because they know what the hell they're doing over there. They know what you want. They know what Cliff Dorfman wants. They know what everyone wants. I mean, I honestly think Discovery, Discovery Plus, ID, all of that, Discovery has got a lock on everything you want to watch. It's not a oh, joke. It really does. Yeah, right, if you, if you, there's something you like, they have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminds, <laughs> so I want to say this, and I don't mean this in a... In an all a bad way, this is actually just reminding me of when I was a kid. I always felt like I had the pot dealer who would always be watching like uh, ID and the History Channel and Discovery on cable. Like you'd every time you'd show up to buy pot, that was what is like the intellectual stoner. Like, did you like I feel like everybody had a dealer like, no, I just watched this three-part documentary on the slug, but like otherwise it just seemed really kind of hippy dippy and high in the sky. But like I feel like Discovery Plus for the distinguished gentleman weed dealer. I'm stealing that though in a script for sure. The dealer's like, oh my God, they just put it all in color. All World War II. I swear I'm stealing this completely. This is fantastic. No, but this has been a long time coming. And I'm so glad we have our guest today. Uh, you know, UFO Witness is a show that I was watching uh, long before the uh, geniuses at Discovery Plus were, were kind enough to offer. Ben to come on the show today. Absolutely. I've been watching the show. I'd already seen every episode. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like, I'm just so used to everybody laughing. It doesn't bother me at all. Who do we got coming on here? We got Nancy saying hello. Yeah. Hey, Hi, Nancy. Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Portugal. We love Portugal. I've been in Lisboa. That's the closest I've been, but I, that is in Portugal. Mm-hmm. I was with my parents. That's where I got Tabasco sauce. I'll, I'll just believe eye. you. I. Ooh. I had that happen. You know, my dad just kept saying, stop playing with the Tabasco bottle. Yeah, Stop playing thing. with the Tabasco bottle. No. <laughs> I drank so much hot sauce on a dare once it burned when I peed for two days. Is that the same thing? Is that true? Yeah, that's really true. 
Oh my God. God. By the way, uh, side note, you can dare Jason to do anything. Hey, he no, just, he has note. to do it. Side note. <laughs> he side has note. to do it. Side note. No. Yeah, he, he was not able to say no to a dare. So anybody who really wants to get Jason to do something, <laughs> dare him. Oh God. I'm going to make fun oh, of my UFO sightings. You're going to be canceled. All right. I have sightings of the first kind. All right. All Plenty right. Plenty of them. <laughs> Plenty of them. No, I'm serious. So I've been watching the show for a long time. Like, you know, I was watching the whole series, the whole season one, uh, long before. And then they were like, do you want Ben on? It was like, can, can we? I yeah. was like, what? What? Yeah, How excited Please, was please. You were so excited. You're like, yes. Like, I know that show. I love that show. I love Ben. So, yeah, yeah. we're really excited. Ben Hansen is here today from yes. UFO Witness. Um, the show is already streaming. It's all the episodes are already out there and ready to stream, but we're going to just talk a little bit about it, learn a little bit about the show. I'm going to listen. I'm going to probably come in as the skeptics do um, in a little while, but I want to hear this. I'm so excited to hear this. Cliff Dorfman in his element, everybody, with the great Ben Hansen. Yeah, let's bring him on. Ben Hansen. What's up, Ben? How's it going, guys? I'm feeling very well. How are you doing? <laughs> really good. Really good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So, so I want to start off right away um, with a couple of back things, and then kind of push forward if that's okay. Because I don't want to waste any time with you. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Okay, good. Um, so, first of all, I want to ask you: you're you were a former federal investigator, is that correct? Yes. Uh huh. And and what did you? Is it okay to ask what division you work for? Oh, I work for the F. Um, so a lot of. Uh, <laughs> the entertainment world they like to make that analogy to the x-files you know they, they push the, the connection there but i i tell people well, even if i weren't able to talk about it i don't do anything re regarding uh, x-files right so mm -hmm. uh, i worked several different agencies and the fbi was the most well known and the last one i worked for but i spent many years um at the state level um private organizations I was mainly doing child sex crimes investigations. So, Ooh, so this is a break, <laughs> really. This is a that's got to yeah. be heavy, man. So, so okay. So now, one of the things that that spawned this idea for you, right, is that on your grandfather's deathbed, uh, he said something to your father that was, and you went, you go into it in the show to a degree, but was all he said. So he worked at a at at a, an air base in a top secret division, we believe back engineering alien crafts, but we don't know. But what we do know, right, is that he said something to your dad. Was was what he said, we're not alone, was that all he said? Or was there more? Well, it was more like the backstory. So this was over many years when he got cancer, he would slowly start telling bits, you know, and pieces of his story. It wasn't until the last couple months where, um, he was always very careful. Like, I think he felt like he was under oath to not say what exactly he was doing. But we know that he was working underground um, at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And we know that um, his specialty, one of them was uh, maintaining hangar systems. Okay, like underground elevator hangar systems. To this day, Wright-Patterson still denies they have an underground facility. <laughs> we know they do. Um, wow. So when he would go out on temporary duty assignments, um, he couldn't tell the family when he'd be back. He was gone for weeks sometimes. He was part of a special team. We know that he, um, he was called up as part of this team in an emergency, and he'd go out there. So 
um, one of the episodes that uh, we did, I was able to pair up some of these dates when my grandpa went missing. And we learned this after his death, though. And so I would have loved to ask my grandpa and be like, right. look, you may not be able to talk about it, but why were you missing during the UFO crash at Keckford? Why were you missing, you know, during this and this? And just to get his reaction, I mean... I, I'm sure he probably would have done the same thing he did with my dad, where when he got uncomfortable, he'd pick up and he'd say, we need to end this conversation. Huh. Um, but towards the end, when they're watching UFO shows together, my dad would ask him a question and he'd either go, hmm, that's really interesting or that's crazy. And that was kind of his way of confirming, you know, kind of what we believe what he thought was true or not. Um, so, yeah, I wish he left a diary, but it was it was really just kind of those little bits and pieces of, of uh, what we thought he was involved in. But he did say to your dad on, on his deathbed that we're not alone. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Because he'd been asking him and um, for, for quite a while as he was, you um, knowing that he wasn't going to have much time left. And there was one incident where they didn't talk about it for a good year. And uh, so when they were alone, um, when he was, passing away he took him by the hand and looked him in the eyes and he said i want you to know something i know what you've been asking me we're not alone and he knows my dad knows it was in the context of extraterrestrial not you know is their life after death because they already both believed in that and right and he said take care of your mother you don't need to be afraid but then he passed away you know and so it was actually i was into ufos and that whole thing before I knew my grandpa's involvement, but this really kind of fueled afterwards. Right. And my dad and I had been on this quest, though, like, did grandpa leave us a clue? You know, <laughs> is there something hidden, you know, somewhere in a journal that we're going to find? And it's, it's kind of frustrating. Right, because he didn't leave anything. But what you did, what I did notice that you did was you, you really did uh, coincide his missing dates with a lot of these sightings, these major sightings. Yeah, well, um, with, they, they all somewhat have connection either with Hill Air Force Base, he worked primarily, and or Wright-Patterson. For example, the Kecksburg case um, was the, my, my dad remembers he had a basketball that weekend that my grandpa was his first game of the season and he wasn't there and he was really bummed out. And that was December, uh, when was that, 9th, 1965, I think it was. There are witnesses that placed that, that debris going to Wright Patterson and that saw come through the back gate on a flatbed truck. And we know it was taken there. It was examined. Supposedly this was all for a satellite, right. Or, yeah. or whatever they said fell. There were many versions of that story. Bullshit excuses are, 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 <laughs> so, are, are, are confounding to me. A lunar lander uh, being tested in, uh, in, in uh, what is it? Uh, New Mexico. Where was it? Uh, Socorro, a Socorro, New Mexico. It was a lunar lander. Sure. I'm going to test that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. N never mind. It's completely, you know, far away from, well, several years before they would have been testing um, those things for the lunar uh, missions, but also far away from a NASA facility and, and out there on BLM land, right? <laughs> You've got land where you can test those things. It, not, nothing makes sense. Okay, so let me jump back for a second. So in April of 2020, the let me ask you, do you recall a time before April of 2020 where the Pentagon got on every major news station and debriefed the American public on anything? Just curious. Mm, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to 
the, the thing with the Pentagon, you know, uh, release of stuff is that they were so reluctant to do it. It was like, that's been going on. Like the original thing was leaked by who knows what, you know, it was like in 2012, we didn't really know who leaked it on the internet, but it was like 2017 where they think they've got an official copy, you know, sanctioned for the release. And they're like, Oh no, we didn't authorize that. Well, is it yours? (laughs) Right. And so it takes till 2020 before they finally admit, Oh yeah, it's been declassified and that's authentic. You know, so well, it's kind of well, like... Let me jump in. Let's be clear for a second. First of all, I'm talking about the Tic Tac uh, off the USS Nimitz in 2003. And uh, this, you know, if you, if you haven't seen this thing, it's easy to find. But what they said in April 2020 with the Pentagon to the U.S. public at large is that that Tic Tac is not of this world. Am I getting that right? Um, I don't know if they said it. I could be wrong. I don't know if they said it in those exact words, but they said the video is ours. It's, it's authentic. We were unable to identify it. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of like you put two and two together. If, if you believe the statement that it's a real video and you believe that we filmed it and you believe the pilots who chased it and the radar operators who tracked it, then you've also got to believe they're telling you this thing was um, going, uh, gosh, I think it's something over 20,000 miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, it goes from the floor level of the sea, you know, tens of thousands of feet in, in less than a second. It's insane. So, and, and just disappearing, you know, they can keep up with it. So not of this world. Well, I surely hope that it's not Russia's or China's because they're light years ahead of us now. Literally. Right. Yeah. Literally light years. That's, I mean, <laughs> so, so yeah. Okay. And you had one on in an episode, you had one of the uh, radar operators from the Nimitz right on the show. Yeah, so Kevin Day has he's come out. He's talked a little bit about this on on different shows, but this is the first time that um, we've gotten him to talk in, in so much detail about certain things and how it took place. And um, he was the chief radar operator, you know, on um, on that group of of carriers, you know, that, that were out doing these exercises. And they've been watching this for several days. They've been seeing these lights not lights, objects pop up on the screen and then they would disappear. And so one day he got, you know, um, the authority to um, dispatch one of the, the fighters to go into that area and to check it out. And that's where their gun cameras, you know, pick up on the thing, able to record it with a thermal. Yeah. And uh, then they sent out other people in the next squadron. And so while this is going on, East Coast you know, a couple of years later, doing their exercises are experiencing pretty much the exact same thing. And they capture video of something very similar. So somebody, something is interested in our activities or war games. And it's like they're, they're playing cat and mouse. Well, I mean, with the technology we see, obviously, if they wanted to be known, they'd be known. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's one of the main frustrations is that People say, well, uh, the government, for example, has claimed to stop investigating UFOs because they say they haven't found any evidence that they're a national security risk. How could this not be a risk <laughs> or a threat? We, we don't have evidence. We've got rumors. We don't have evidence that they've shot one down, one of our planes. I've heard of stories of that happening. But what do you have to do? If you're sending multi-million dollar equipment to chase these things, any mission is dangerous and could be life-threatening. Yeah. 
you know, so when you're 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 uh, scrambling jets to chase this, and and that's happened numerous times, okay, um, and it's numerous. You've got unidentified, numerous times, numerous times, unidentified, okay, in what we call exclusive use airspace. So that is a, a an area where the military said we're conducting exercises. Commercial general aviation cannot come in here without sp- uh, explicit, you know, authority because of how dangerous it is what we're doing. And yet you've got these objects, you don't know who they are, and they're coming and going at will. If, if that is not a national security threat, I don't know what is. And yet we never hear them doing anything aggressive. They're coming around our weaponry. They come in exclusive airspace. They like to go around the nuclear silos whenever we get prepped to blow something off. But they never do anything aggressive other than I have heard. Have you heard this, that they that they have stopped some nuclear launches, you know, test launches and whatnot? Sure. I mean, you, you've got the um, uh, mouse from Air Force Base, mm-hmm. uh, you know, case that happened in, uh, gosh, 70, I forget the exact year. And that we, we matched up also with my grandfather being possibly involved in because mm-hmm. these objects came and hovered over the silos and <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, officers on duty are watching the status lights of the missiles go offline. Yeah, going off one by one and and showing that we don't have missiles. Yeah, and there's no way they could have done that. I mean, that's it's, it's impossible with the technology that exists in the silos, right? There's no way any of us could have yeah. done that. It's not like it's being hacked. No, they got multiple redundancies, and and it would be one thing if one missile came offline, but to have the seven or so that came offline would, you know, numerically that's not a coincidence. That's a scary thing. It's deliberate. So, yeah, and again, if that's not a threat, I don't know what is. So um, things like that have, have gotten the interest of Congress because now this joint resolution where they snuck it into the um, intelligence uh, report, um, you know, their, their wish list for what they wanted in the budget, and these are the things you're going to give us reports on, that came out, what was it, a couple months ago, and they have a deadline of June something where – they said in 180 days, you have to give us a full report of what is known about UFOs, what agencies are involved in putting the reports together, primarily because of national security. They're like, look, we're not saying it's alien. We're saying you don't have a freaking idea, please, or whoever they are, and we want you to give us a report for national security interest. If it's not ours, whose is it? And, and we need that technology. Right. Okay, so let me ask you a question that is the one that I get asked the most, which I, I want to know your answer to. People are like, well, what proof is there that they exist? Forget it. Just I'm saying, when people ask me that, I, I can think of a hundred different sightings, a hundred different cases, but sometimes I get tongue-tied when I get asked. Now, I've seen, I've had several first kind, you know, first encounters, you know, of the first kind is what it is, right? I've seen several uh-huh. things. But, I, I mean, even what I have on video, people don't even seem to give a shit. They're like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't care. So what do you, what's your answer when someone asks you like, well, what proof is there, Ben? I mean, I know you did a whole show about it, but when you walk away from it all said and done, what would be your go-to knee-jerk answer? I get frustrated too, because it's like taking somebody who's never cracked open an encyclopedia, (laughs) right? And, and they say, well, what, you know, let's, let's say they're like, uh, okay, what proof is it that, that you have a heart inside of you? (laughs) <laughs> like, 
you haven't seen your heart. You don't know that it's there. Well, I have proof, you know, doctors have found a rhythm or something. Right. But like, no, no, rip open your chest and show me your heart. And it's like, they, they expected video. They expected photos. A lot of people are going to be smoking gun or that we have an actual li live creature. We can parade around the nation, you know, and show people. And so when, when people say that to me, it's pure ignorance because if you took the uf subject to any court of law mm -hmm. okay, hands down you would have a conviction of 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 not just the well it's the preponderance of evidence maybe maybe not a criminal civil easily right. because if you were to look at the let's take one case for example roswell okay, okay great you take hundreds of witnesses hundreds of witnesses with and if you only want to focus on those with military backgrounds, and okay, they're the only credible ones, whatever. Right. Law enforcement of, of military people who participated in the cleanup, um, who attest this was not, um, the, the creatures they were looking at were human-like, but not human. Um, the debris they found was not conventional. It did all this weird stuff. Um, you can't come back and tell me the event didn't happen and it was a weather balloon. Sorry. I'm, it was I'm a high-tech high -tech weather balloon. Yeah, not even that. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so yeah. you take that one case, and if people are like, well, Roswell was just this because the government said it was. Mm -hmm. Right? So now look at the UFO th thing altogether. The government admitted, even in the 50s, the phenomenon is real. It is not illusionary. It is not imagined. So let's right. get beyond, is it happening? Let's get beyond that all of it's explainable and natural or hoax. It's not. Okay, because if we keep having that conversation, we're not going to get anywhere. Now, I'm not saying it's alien, but if you want to make that case, it's about a 95% chance just based on the very real up close and personal accounts that that uh, people have had who are very credible. Um, and then we do have the, the speculative stuff of trace evidence. You know, we've got debris material, the government now now admitting that they're in possession of certain materials that could be off-world. Contractors are coming out and saying it was tested and not to be anything earthly. You know, and so take it all together, you have one heck of a great court case. And, you know, like, what does it take to convince people that something's going on? Well, you know, what you talk about now is going to lead into what I'm going to ask you, which is I, I noticed you had Rick Doty on. One of the episodes. Now I've yeah. seen Rick on on a, on a hundred different. You know I've watched them all, Ben. So I've seen Rick in in nine different iterations of Rick Doty. I mean, there's always a thing in the back of my mind. Now Rick Doty was a was uh, worked for the Office of Intelligence uh, for the Air Force, right? Dis uh, counter intelligence. Yeah, right? Office of uh, Investigative. Um, uh, OIS. I'm sorry, it's blanking yeah. me at the moment. Investigative Services uh, yeah. Counter Intelligence Division. Yeah. So. Rick Doty, here's a call on him. Okay, I found yeah, it to be, um, I, I found that you know his claim of having worked for the government, um, honest that he did. I don't dispute that. Um, I I think that you know off camera, I was talking to him. He he talks the talk. He knows things, um, you know that I've known from my background that most people wouldn't know unless you did a, a really really deep dive into you know making the stuff up. So I think he, he worked where he said he did. The The main contention with Rick is that a lot of people say his story changes a lot. And so the controversy is 
is he still doing what taught to do? Because he possibly was involved, take like the um, the Dulce New Mexico case, right? Mm-hmm. He was possibly involved in something that was messing with one of the key witnesses and making him believe that um, he had he witnessed an underground alien base and drove the guy crazy. This is the the dirty tricks part of the government, which he claims he was a part of. And, and so people are like, well, why are you coming out then and telling us you did all this stuff? Right. And so, you know, you got people in one camp saying, well, he's still a disinformation agent. Yes. And the others are saying, no, he's done this on his own. Whatever he's, whatever his reasons are and why ever he's inconsistent in things, I think one fact is that he did do the stuff and he's involved in it somewhere. Right. And he, so we wanted to hear the story. Right. So whatever it is he did, he's legit. He was definitely involved in the military in some capacity. We just don't know if he's still spreading disinformation or not, which has always been my kind of rub with him. Yeah, I I, I don't know if, if everything he's saying was officially mentioned or stuff that he was doing on his own. So it's, it's really kind of hard to pin down if we'll ever get like the – it's the same thing. I know we're getting into the weed here with your viewers who aren't as nerdy as we are about this, but it's the same <laughs> thing with Philip Corso. Mm-hmm. Right. And his back engineering of things, you know, that he said to the Pentagon um, from the Roswell debris. And it's like, there's inconsistencies there. There's things that he even he admits were embellished or were proofread before his book came out. Um, but did he work there? Yes. Did, was he in charge of R&D? Yes. Did he co- connect with a lot of these private companies to farm out the material? Seems like what he's saying makes sense when you put the other pieces together. So. That's really frustrating in ufology because you're not going to find a completely uh, clear cut, I think, witness or someone who comes forward. You're always you're always wondering, am I getting the full truth? What's their motivation? Right. And and now, for like you said, we're getting in the weeds a little bit, which I, I love and I'm not going to stop. But I do want to say that one of the backbones of your show, UFO Witness on Discovery Plus, hosted by Ben Hansen, is that uh, you have these Project Blue Book files. Now, first of all, explain to our listeners who don't know what Project Blue Book is, Dr. Alan Hynek, and then please tell us how you got the access to these files. So anyone can go to um, uh, well, a great place to find. I think it's still up there. They had some a little lawsuit about posting it, but the um, the Black Vault. They do a lot of uh, like do the FOIA requests and stuff to get released. And I think the whole collection of Blue Book files is up there. So when we say we have special access, we're talking about uh, Project Blue Book. One of the the principal um, consultants, okay, was Dr. Jalen Hynek. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the grandfather of ufology because the, the Air Force, because of all the flap of sightings, because of Boswell, they said, okay, look, we need to do this for the public. We're going to, to look into um, the phenomenon. So it was a civilian kind of public forward-facing um, agency that would investigate UFOs. And he's an astronomer who's a professor. And they bring him in and he quickly realizes that his, his main role there is to debunk these things and to make people feel there's a natural or hoax explanation to all of it. Right. So, you know, further into it, he resents this and he's seen so much that he realizes he's sort of a patsy for the air force. And he thought, if I play along with them, 
they're going to tell me the real stuff because I'm super interested now. And they, I don't know, according to our sources, they never really let him in the circle of trust. Right. But we, he had an assistant, um, Jenny Zeidman, who was actually one of his students originally. And he took her on as a secretary and a field investigator. And she kept a lot of these notes, uh, tape recordings, um, original files and entries that that Heineck made about the cases while with Blue Book and then after when he started his own uh, organization. And um, so before she passed away, we had a good couple of months with her in her brain. We're like presenting cases to her. And she was fully convinced that there was far more the Air Force was not telling them. Um, the private corporations were involved. She actually worked for Battelle afterwards, yeah. which was one of the back engineering companies. And so she was fully in that whole scene. And um, so in our, in our show, UFO Witness, we get to, to her re-exploring some of these old Project Blue cases and tracing, retracing the steps of Heineck and then finding out, um, is there anything that indicates a pattern perhaps in modern day sightings. I mean, yeah, I, I thought a lot of the stuff that you uncovered and really got into was fascinating. I, I wanted to ask you something that you didn't do. I, I'm hoping for a second season you're going to do this, but if, what are your thoughts about Antarctica? Cause that's like the first thing I go to is these <laughs> underground bases in Antarctica. Do you have thoughts about this? It'd be the perfect place to hide a base. Uh, I mean, you have to, the, the rumors and legends of Nazis, you know, having an, an underground base, a submarine base, um, you know, that you've got this thing on Google Earth. You can go look and see this giant Kraken looking creature that looks like it's under the water. Like it's kind of one of those places it's so hard to get to. It, it's like Area 51, like anything in it could happen there. Right. right? And and uh, convenient, I, I, I guess I could say, for people who are really skeptical um, it's easy because it's happening because we can't really go down there and explore. It would make sense. Um, if, if we had a base, then why not put it in somewhere like Antarctica? Right. But we don't have enough proof by any means. It's not enough to go to trial on for anything with Antarctica, right? Even in the uh, Freedom of Information Act disclosures. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not looking into it further, but I, I, most of what I've read is is sort of like watching a you know hunting Hitler show where – it's like, you know, that I've seen it. <laughs> yes. Nazis were interested in the area involved. They had expeditions. Um, is there still a remnant of the, the Reich, you know, going on down there where they're testing things and have UFO? I don't know, you know, but uh, I, I'll tell you, if I had the money to do it and the time, I, I'd be there. <laughs> oh, I'd be there in a second. Um, I want to ask you a question that that may may seem a little skeptical. One of the uh, abductees, and, and I think it was episode six, you had abductees, correct? And am I right? I feel like I'm yeah, right. I can't. We I don't remember what episode was what because they they put them out of order. <laughs> so okay, gotcha. So I'm pretty sure it was episode six where you you covered uh, several different uh, versions of abductees, and the one guy that you had that you put under hypnosis you did regressive hypnosis therapy with him um the first question i want to ask you do you remember his name was it chris jansen or something um no no uh gosh you would you would ask me right now it's no, not i chris. just screwed you up by saying the wrong name. <laughs> uh, so so this guy he said that he remembered 
Yeah, okay, so so this is going to be my skeptic, just for a second. He remembered that they, 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 they removed his upper skull, and there were fingers on his brain. Now, then he showed the, the finger marks on his back, right, the, the scrapes and the scratches, and by his ribs— uh-huh. But his head had no had no scars. They, like like I mean, did you did you find this to be credible? This guy. I mean, you know, what was your walk away? Your you know your takeaway from this? So what's really hard is, um, you know, like I, I talked to a lot of alleged abductees, and I'm careful when I say alleged. I don't know. I wasn't there. Right. And I'm concerned first of all if they believe their story. I want to know if people are hoaxing, if they're doing this for attention, if they've got mental health issues. In in all of the abductees that we talked to this this season, I feel like, uh, and we even had one of them take a voice stress analysis. I believe yeah. one of them believes their story. Right. I don't believe that they're making it up out of thin air. I believe that they believe this happened to them. Um, it's almost like they're describing a virtual experience that physically didn't happen. Hmm. So like maybe uh, maybe sort of like a, a lucid dream where your soul is leaving your body and you're being spiritually abducted. Okay, so hmm. these things could take place on a physical craft, but your body's back here. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, like how do we prove that? Because hmm. then I could probably just as easily say you had a really weird dream. You know, like, did you actually go somewhere? And so you're looking for physical evidence. You're looking for things like that. But I absolutely, these questions are in my mind. Um, the problem is a lot of people do have very powerful um, dreams. Some of them might be related to even demonic activity. It might be something else besides extraterrestrial um, sleep paralysis. Right. Some really weird things can happen. And then you start looking for evidence of it and people will come up with like a, you know, a little sunspot on their hand. Like, well, that wasn't there before. And this <laughs> one's in the, in the shape of like a triangle. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I have to be that. really careful, <laughs> give them a safe space to tell their story. Yes. And I have a very open mind. Um, but the most powerful abduction cases, it doesn't mean that they're lying or not lying necessarily, but the most powerful ones have witnesses, other witnesses. And and I always point to the Travis Walton case. Yeah, me too. Fire um, in the sky. Fire in the sky, right? Right. Because there were seven people there. If if they, you didn't have seven people, and it was just Travis, and he said I saw it and I was gone for five days, you wouldn't have even probably heard the story, right? Yeah. Law enforcement wouldn't have been involved unless he was perpetuating a fraud. Um, the international community wouldn't have heard of it. But you had witnesses, you had them polygraphed, they all passed polygraphs multiple times. The empirical evidence starts to add up and say, okay, this was a physical event, it really happened, we have some trace evidence there at the scene, solid nuts and bolts object was here, right? And that's really hard to come by, though. It's really hard to come by. And so every abduction case I look into now, you've got to look Uh at it from kind of those tiers. Jason's back. Yeah, (laughs) we gotta let Ben go, don't we? Yeah, we gotta (laughs) let Ben go. It's time to let Ben go. I do have a quick question for you. I noticed in the back of um, there's a book back there related to flying. Um, I heard you started uh, a started plane flying, huh? Flying plane? Yeah, yeah. I've got a number of things here. Uh, (laughs) Normally, this whole shelf is is all of my um, Area 51 and UFO stuff that continues here, but this. 
I got to yeah, study up the on the regs because I'm, I'm working on my next rate. Um, hopefully going to finish my commercial license this year. And uh, it's just so much stuff is going on. And, you know, COVID hasn't really affected it, which has been nice because mm-hmm. get up there, take my mask off, do what I want to. But it's just time because we, we got a lot of TV shows in development. I really want to get it done this year. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Thank you. Have they made any announcement yet about a second season? Do we know or we don't know yet? Ooh, what can I say on this? There's no <laughs> no announcement. I okay. think the network would give me my, give a blessing to say the ratings were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit different on streaming. They don't really have the same things to go by. You know, like this million people watch tonight. Oh, we know, Ben. We talk about this all the time. <laughs> so it's on there. So they're they're getting used to trying to determine what is a trending well it had been trending been trending a lot they're trying to find out what is the best measure of success and as far as we can tell it's done very well it's done um i i almost always hear positive very little criticisms on it which could mean no one's watching it i guess but no (laughs) i don't think that's Uh, the case ben i i think it's done very well and it has a really good chance of being renewed so if it is, right. and they're, they would have to be the one to make the announcement, and I'm just probably guessing it's going to be several months at least. So when people ask me, I'm like, hey, even if I knew, I couldn't tell you. But uh, we would love to continue following Jalen Hynek's research. We have access to other files now stemming from Hynek, people who worked with Hynek where these have not been released to the public. And so we follow the same format. And we just continue down so many amazing and, and crazy stories to be told. Okay. So if you want an assistant on any of these new episodes that are going to be coming up in season two, I am, I am available and free. <laughs> so just to let you know. Awesome. Okay. So that uh, is it. UFO witness uh, with its host, Ben Hansen, who we've been lucky enough to have on discovery plus Ben. Uh, thank you. I could have stayed another hour with you talking, but I have to let you go. They're, they're all saying it. So thank you for all your hard work, Jace. Oh, thank you very much, Ben. This has been very interesting. And I just, I love listening to you guys talk about this stuff. So thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me and for spreading the good word. I mean, maybe we'll have some good news with the disclosure here in June. We'll see what happens. All right. Looking forward. Remember, assistant. Take care, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Hanson, UFO Witness, Discovery Plus. All eight episodes are available to stream now. What's up, Jace? You're still a skeptic, huh? You know why um, they never um, find my unidentified flying object? Tell me why. Because I cover it in me undies. Cover it in? Yeah, it's a cover-up. What do you cover it up in? Um, underpants. I wear, um, there's, a new, there's some new ones. The, I saw the, the Horizons. I really like these. They're all striped. They look like an Arizona sunset. I know, they're so exactly pretty. exactly where I like to fly my uh, UFO. The Phoenix Lights. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Kurt Russell saw the Phoenix Lights. Yeah. If you don't believe Kurt Russell, who are you going to believe? If I don't believe the guy who starred in Big Trouble in Little China yeah. and the computer who wore tennis shoes, who can I believe? Yeah, that, that's the man. Who right, can exactly. I believe? He was flying. He saw it. He's a pilot. He's a legit dude. Kurt Russell. Uh, I know. And I bet you he was wearing me undies on that flight, by the sure. way. Any long flight, if you're not wearing me undies in that flight, you're not comfy enough. Like they, if I, I, I read, I heard somewhere that uh, Virgin Airlines, they'll give you a pair of me undies. 
uh, to just change into in first class. Um, By the way, but only like a very special first class. It's true. I got one. <laughs> Damn it. I need to get in there. Um, but yeah, uh, real quick, I want to, you know, we got a lot to talk about still and I want to get going, but I, I do want to say meundies.com offer, offer code. code stuck 15% yeah. off, get some new underpants, uh, have a close encounter with the, uh, the molar kind, <laughs> with the micromodal, the, the, the micromodal kind, mm-hmm. keep it in there, keep it soft. You don't have to worry about anybody probing your head if you're covered in the undies. You know what I mean? You don't have to take it all the way to Antarctica. Oh, by the way, and you could be in Antarctica. They'll send it to you if you're in the club. Nineteen ninety a month for the membership. You're in Antarctica. They send you new stuff. You're all cozy. If you don't like it, you keep it. They'll send you your money back. They don't even care. That's how confident they are. Go get soft. Get soft. Neandies.com offer code stuck. Yeah. All right, you ready for a little news? A little bit I'm of ready stuff. Ready for anything on? you got. Uh, but just to be clear, you are happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody, and and to you, Victoria. And 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 by the way. You're still a skeptic, though, right? That didn't help. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm still a complete skeptic. Even though the Pentagon debriefed the entire nation and said that that Tic Tac is not of this world. So if it's not of this world, I mean, it's just, you know, who would it be? But no, you're well, a skeptic. I, mean, I just want to be what? clear. Yeah. I mean, okay. Cliff, you're out of this world. <laughs> and I mean that. Yeah. Complimenting just me saying. or insulting me at the same time. It's not going to deter my conviction. Um, you know what? Uh, you know how it's out of the world? Beyonce. And okay, talk to me. Out of this world. Out of this world. Talk You're all me. out of this world. And I just want to let you know that, you know, I, I mean, I've, it's brilliance. This idea, it's in space now. Just tell me news. I, I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> talk to me about news. <laughs> so I want to talk to you because it's okay. So uh, there's a little, there's not a ton of stuff going on right now. There are a couple okay. big releases um, that we'll get into. Obviously, we've talked ad nauseum about the Snyder Cut. It's going to come out tomorrow so we can shut up about it. And maybe uh, maybe Zack Snyder could shut up about it and we can let it go and let it live in the world and then uh, go, you know, talk about things that are not of this world. Um, You know, Jesus, get this thing out of here. Go back to (laughs) Apocalypse. And then also um, you've got Falcon, the Winter Soldier. By the time our next episode, we'll have released its first episode. So we're going to see the new stuff from Disney+. Plus. what I wanted to talk to you about first, though, is that uh, it looks like Southern California is going to start opening up all its amusement parks. Already? Yeah. Well, I mean, already. It's been a year. <laughs> Over a year now. Too soon. Closed. So um, it's time. And they're, they're talking about it. But there was something I really thought that was really funny. Um, so I'm going to play this video while we talk just because this kind of embodies what we're going to be talking about here. You know, because you got to wear a mask. You have to... Uh, you have to be a little more cautious about what you're doing and how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the recommendations is um, how to ride rides, okay? So one of the things that they're talking about here is, um, you know, limiting activity. So one of the rules is going to be face covering usage and our modifications to seat loading patterns will be required on amusement park rides to minim- mitigate the effects of shouting. Um, so basically, they don't want you to yell during rides. And um, I found this, this, this is a, this is actually a video. If you're not, if you can't see it, we're watching a video of an amusement park in Japan that is trying to um, show people how to ride rides now uh, without screaming. So they make no noise this entire time. They never scream once. They very dapper looking Asian men. They're both in suits. Of course. One's in a tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they never scream once. They just go on the ride and um, I think they're enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is. You can't tell. World. <laughs> you cannot tell. I mean, how are you supposed to not scream? I mean, it's it's involuntary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What the hell? Can no. you get fined? Can they kick you out? 
I mean, if you're, if you're, I'm, I'm sure if you're too yelly, they're like, hey, listen, you need to stay on the less yelly rides. You're too yelly. Serious amusement park riders only, right? <laughs> I mean, this is I'm like, obsessed. this is an oxymoron. Yeah, if I see what Philip Grano said, I'm not arguing with it. It just seems, I mean, listen, I'm glad they're opening. It'll be nice to have things like somewhat normal, but I mean, I can't stop watching these two silent Asian dapper men in yep. this roller coaster. Here they go. They're going down the big loop. They're looking around like literally like uh, they're in a car that's yep. being they're, driven they're, by someone else. They don't care. They're, yeah, they're in suits. This is uh, the Fuji Q Highland Park uh, amusement park in Japan. There's um, no enjoyment here. This is one of those things to outline how they're going to be able to be open. So if you would like to watch, like he just correct, like yeah. he takes his hand off the guardrail just long enough to make sure his uh, mask his is still on. Mask is still on. But other than that, there's no movement in this. And this is the way we're going to be riding rides for the near future. So joy free. Just know, like if you're going Big Thunder Mountain, <laughs> internalize on, your serious, joy. Guys, no screaming. Yeah. Internalize. Yeah. This is, this is, I, I cannot stop watching this. If you're not, again, they're just, they, there's no one else on the roller coaster except these two dapper, very dapper, handsome Asian men who are wearing masks, one well, in a tuxedo. I think it, I, and I think that the, the gentleman on the right is probably, he, they're, he, they're both in park and place. So one is probably like a general manager and one is uh, probably, you know, runs like either customer service or, or something where in that, that particular bow tie is appropriate for the, uh, the role he has at that particular uh, amusement park. But also, I would like to say, I just didn't realize, look how beautiful this area of Japan is, where they just put this amusement park right in the gorgeous. center of like, all these beautiful mountains. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. This whole, By the way, this whole amusement park looks gorgeous. Yeah. I kind of want to go there and not small. Doesn't it look like it's in the parking lot of somewhere else? Right? Like, this is like, this is how, like, you know how when you, like, have, like, one of those, like, street carnivals and they put, like, the zipper up in the middle of, like, uh, North Hollywood. <laughs> yes, and it's I know, on a exactly. Street, like, it looks like it's dangerous and ready to go. I bet you this is, you know, this almost looks like the that, that version of it, but, like, uh, plus, plus, up. But it still looks like it's being done in a Walmart parking lot for some reason. They were sideways, Jason, and they didn't make, their, their facial expression did not change. Yep. Oh, they just stopped a little. He's just fixed his hair. That's all he did. He's fixing yeah. his hair. And I don't know if they're smiling underneath that or actually can't more tell. sad that now, now more sad that they're done than they were when they started. They can't. We can't tell. But either way, that was. Uh, I, I'm transfixed by this video. Yeah. Okay. No, but that's, I, that's 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 what's going on right now. Okay. Um, otherwise, there's really not a lot of going on. They just announced a new uh, "She's All That" remake that's coming to Netflix, uh, starring one of the kids from uh, the the Cobra Kai show. Uh, his name is uh, Solo? Tanner Buchanan. Oh, he, okay. No, it was the, it's the, he, it's uh, Johnny's son that's being trained by uh, Ralph Macchio in that movie and Danielson. Mm -hmm. um, good looking guy. There's no way you would mistake this guy for a nerdy guy. He's got, you know, he's buff and all that stuff, but I'm sure he's wearing glasses. Nerdy <laughs> ass glasses and maybe a shirt that he buttons up one too many buttons. She's uh, all that. What, what, remind us what that show is again. If you don't remember, she's all that. She's all that is like a, it's almost a verb, right? It's the movie where there's the, it, and it, it's the movie, and it's almost it created its own genre of kind of rom com. It's the nerdy bookish. Uh, generally, it's been a woman uh, who is uh, where people make a bet that they can make her the cute girl in school, right? So they're twisting that so it's the dude, but all she really is is just a smart woman who happens to wear glasses and it doesn't obsess about wearing all the all the clothes like all the, the popular clothes and so basically what happens is right. she takes off his her glasses puts her in a dress and the next thing you know she's yeah exactly 
Exactly. Shake. That's what, when Take you say you're going to like, I feel like that's a, that's a phrase, or at least it was <laughs> at one point where you're like, she's all that, that girl. You know, just yeah. take her glasses off and all, she's gorgeous. And she shakes her hair out and it's like, whoa, slow motion hair shake. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's coming back. So we're getting more of those kind of teen rom-coms, which is okay. interesting um, because I think Netflix does pretty well with those. They, you know, the photo yeah. booth did well. Jenny like and Georgia. Teen rom- the teen rom-com kind of shtick works on Netflix. <laughs> and I don't know who's watching it. Maybe it's all people of all ages. I can't imagine it. I can't either, but they don't care. They're getting their they're getting their watch on, and uh, you know. But listen, I'm just trying to think. It wasn't Amanda Bynes, was it? Who did she's all that? No, it was uh, like the original. Uh, I just I'm trying to place it because Amanda I know, I know Bynes it. was in. Um, he, she's the man. She's the um, man. Uh, it was Rachel Lee Cook. Oh, that's right. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. She did that. That was like the first big White House commercial, anti-drug oh, yeah. commercial. She did Any that. questions. Yeah, yeah, I got a ton. How many questions? I have a ton of questions. So that's coming on soon, or they're just making it now. That's just they just got announced today. I mean, the big you know we we talked about the big ones already. The um, like I said, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier week. This is Falcon and Winter Soldier week and Snyder Cut week. So yeah, so third yeah Friday Thursday midnight depending on who you are, um, which will be me. and then yeah. the only other thing that like really caught me is something that I sent to you yesterday, and we may end up doing a sideshow for this. I haven't told you about this yet, Cliff, but uh, uh, we may have a second podcast coming out, you and me, where we talk about this one. Um, I would love that. It's the new Michael Schur movie or oh, show yes. that's just been announced amazing. coming out in a couple weeks. Um, let me just see if I can find that. Um, while you're looking, I'll just tell people Michael Schur created Brooklyn Nine Nine. He created The Good Place, and uh, was it Parks, Parks and Rec? No. Oh, Parks yeah. and Rec also. I mean, this guy he can do no wrong. And now this show is with Ed Helms, and it looks like like the uh, dark comedic version of Our Town. Yeah, it's <laughs> called Rutherford Falls. Uh huh. Um, it has something to do with a guy who uh, who's like. Like the old white, like his family's like the old white money that's lived in this town for a long time. But it's obviously um, being kind of re-envisioned. There's a there's an indigenous population there that probably is none too happy with the 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 the, the this kind of statue uh, statue. Um, and they're oh, trying to like- you know everything's trying to move on, and he's trying to hold on to it. Um, let me see if I can grab this video real quick. Unapologetically trying to hold on to his like great, great, great uncles or grandfather's like white dude statue in the middle of town that cars are crashing into. And he has no shame uh, of Ed Helms. It looks hysterical. Everybody on it. Look, I, I was laughing the entire trailer, Jason. It looks so good. It looks yeah. so much fun. Um, and I'm really, really excited. Calls. It's going to. And, and so this is a, this is our, <sighs> Every time I try and get away from Peacock, they find something to keep me there for a little bit Pull longer. Me back in. I mean, it's just because I forget to cancel in the middle. But um, <laughs> you know, so let's see if we can. Sh- I'm going to share this video with audio so we can hear it. But it, you know, kind of, okay. it's. You're going to have to re up my Facebook account then after they take it off. Yeah, that's fine. It's you it's, know Peacock. Pe- well, yeah, <laughs> we'll just tell them we're doing this a preview. Is a ginormous casino, but nobody wants to help my cultural center. The only native artifacts in here are those bands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing lots of college. Not Ivy League, but so close it drives you crazy. <laughs> Nathan, I'm calling to request a response to Mayor Chisenhall's decision to move Big Larry. I'm sorry, what? The problem is not Big Larry. It's the road. Yeah, but- 
turn someone's past into that statute, it's a public safety issue. It's history, Deirdre. You can't change history unless you have a time machine. And you don't, because if you did, you'd go back and tell yourself not to buy that blazer. <laughs> what? What? I'm gonna get this town on the side. Yeah. And I'm gonna transform my cultural center. <laughs> This town has forgotten how to honor their ancestors. We focus on the problems that are actually important. Big Larry's important. More important than the opioid crisis. Apples and oranges, Carla. <laughs> happening in that town. This is a story about stories. Damn. The podcasting voice is very manipulative. <laughs> much drama but let's uh, leave them okay more. no but i'm not done telling these people why they're wrong and stupid <laughs> this is what it sounds like you friends with no. No. april 22nd is the yeah so um cliff doesn't know it yet but we're gonna probably be doing a uh maybe a second show or uh or maybe please. bring it back on friday where we uh we we make that a, a regular podcast oh my god I, I please can we do that promise mm-hmm. promise yeah, because that thing... If you don't want to do I'm it, I excited. can find somebody else. It's fine. Cliff doesn't want to do it. Hey, anybody out there who wants to do it with me? See what happens here? I just am not done telling Jason why he's wrong and stupid. <laughs> I mean, you know what I watched on Netflix, though, that I will I will say that I'm going to recommend? Uh, it's, a, it's a real kind of, uh, you know, IV main, main line of nostalgia is uh, this new blockbuster. Uh, the oh, last right. blockbuster. I haven't watched. I I saw it. I hadn't really watched it yet. But I wa- I like sat left it the Netflix on preview for <laughs> Unloved Time, where I got to watch a little bit of it. Like talk about <laughs> there used to be all these theaters, and then Kevin Smith talks about like, and then you could own a hundred copies of Terminator. And so I I did watch. I, I I sat all the way through that preview, and then I realized I wasn't watching anything on Netflix, and that I didn't have time to watch TV, so I turned it off. But um, <laughs> I did. It looks very interesting. Yeah, it's basically about the rise and fall of blockbuster video. And let me tell you, the talking heads on this are worth it. I mean, aside from like Kevin Smith and our, our friend Ron, uh, I, I want to say Fuchs, right? I, I want to say his name, right? Uh, Funches? Funches. I never say it right. Ron Funches. You know me with names. I'm terrible. But he has been on the show. I was watching He's... a Fuchs state. What? Who's Ron Fuchs? Ron Fuchs. Nobody's a Fuchs. There's no Ron Fuchs. I wanted to say Colin I don't even know anybody's to... last name Fuchs. You don't? If, if there's anybody out there that's listening... Um, named Ron Fuchs or knows a Fuchs Get or knows a Ron Fuchs. I will take it and I will uh, I'll, I'll send you a t-shirt. We don't even have stuck at home t-shirts yet. I will make you a t-shirt if your name is Ron Fuchs and I will send it to you. So let me know. I'm just saying Lloyd Kaufman who owns Trauma, you know, Toxic Avenger, he can't stand Blockbuster. So he's on there. Um, I, th- this is a cornucopia of funny people all talking about what the hell happened with Blockbuster, plus a bunch of like corporate types who explain revenue share and how this thing actually went out of business and how it was, you know, legend to go out of business. And and this, it's just great. And and unbeknownst to me, I don't know if you know this, there is still one Blockbuster left in the world. Is it still? Is it the one in Alaska? No, that it, one closed. It's now in one? Bend, Oregon. That's it. So it, now, it, it, go ahead. Well, I'm curious. Is it actually owned by Blockbuster? This is the only question. I have. Is it owned by Blockbuster? Or is it just allowed to be called Blockbuster and it's just like a family place? It's owned by Dish. Ooh. And they keep it open? Well, they have to renew their license every year. 
Wow. Oh, yeah, because Dish owns Blockbuster.com, or at least did at a certain point. I remember back in the yes. old days, like, you think Netflix is fine? Get Blockbuster.com. It has movies, too? Yeah. I mean, it says <laughs> it has movies, too? Two? It was a question. <laughs> it was a question. I mean, I, okay, so, so by the way, I'm just saying, if you don't know what Blockbuster was, it's a fun ride. If you know what Blockbuster was, this thing's great. It's quick. It's an hour and a half. It's, uh, you know, it's funny. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, you'll see a bunch of weird, interesting people, and uh, Kevin Smith is skinny. Yeah, he's, he's lost a lot of weight. Oh, yeah, it's skinny Kevin Smith. Skinny Smith. I like yeah, skinny it. Smith. And uh, he, I got to tell you, he wasn't as annoying or grating on my nerves as I remember him to be. Mm. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Are you a Smith fan? Yeah, Are you Smithy? I like, I, I like listening to him talk. Like, really? I don't. Yeah, I like listening to his stories. He's a good storyteller to me. I like his little, you know, you know, not all his movies aren't always great. It like, I like, I like his stuff where he tells stories, you know, but you know, that story, the, the one that he tells about the guy who made, uh, uh, Superman wanted to make Superman lives and he, you know, he's sitting at his house and they're talking about the big spider and them end, end up doing the wild, wild west with the giant spider thing. It's a great story. He, he tells good stories at colleges. He's a good college speaker. And there's a few movies that I enjoy. I liked Mall Rats a lot back in the day. Um, because I also want to know how, uh, how the Hulk fucks. Um, and <laughs> he's gonna put you in his back seat and, and have sex with you in an uncomfortable place. <laughs> But I don't think I've I've enjoyed I I don't think I've really really enjoyed one of his movies since the first Jay and Bi Silent Bob Strike Back, but I guess that's probably a lot longer that I enjoyed him than you have. I, well, uh, listen, I was at the premiere of Mall Rats. Oh yeah, yeah, I was there with uh, Shannon Doherty, nice. and uh, let me tell you something. Um, that was a rough one. <laughs> oh I really? Because yeah, I'm with Shannon, <laughs> you right. know, oh, yeah, she's yeah, the to... star. Right. She was literally the biggest name in that. Movie at the time. Son of Jarrell. Kneel before Zod. I just love that scene. When they're out right. there and then the it's like, you know what guard? I found? You know what I found when you were more the famous friend? than Jason Lee at the time? Yeah, I guess Jason, at the time. Yes, totally more famous than Jason Lee at the time. Shannon was, you know, she was. Oh, yeah, she was. There's she was 92 and all famous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like one of those things. Here's, here's a little um, pro tip, right? Uh, you're with your friend at, at the premiere. All you have to say is, you did it. <laughs> You did it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, you did. That's yeah, a movie. You did. Look at you. Look at that. Yeah, it's a did. movie. Yeah, Holy you did. shit, they got it made. That's okay, hilarious. I see we're out of time, unfortunately. Uh, so Jason still remains a skeptic. Uh, we <laughs> we will be on our exclusive Stuck at Home on Stereo. I, on, I, I, the, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, the secret is, um, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Uh, know the reason either. I'm a skeptic is because I actually have an alien inside my head. Um, you can't really see the scars, but you can see like up here, like see how it's got just a little bit of different like stitching right here. That is um, because they lived in here and they that's still do. a lobotomy. Yeah, that's because an alien, uh, an a lobotomy. And there's, a, there's one living inside there. That's why my head is so giant. Sparks, sparks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Thank you so much. Jason.